And we're live on the set of All right. wherever the hell, same place, standing mat this time. Are you, uh, you have coronavirus yet or? Dude, uh, I had to self-isolate for like a week and a half because I went to a restaurant where uh, like our buddy was a server, but um, he tested positive and so uh because he knew us he listens to close close contact so i just got out of isolation yesterday um yeah none of us none of us tested what, uh, do? none of us tested positive so we we were fine and and like we all felt fine there's no symptoms um what right. what did i do uh <laughs> i don't know if this is yeah. uh going to be good or not man i got heavy into old school runescape again <laughs> <laughs> that's like, not good at all no it's great it's really good um and i'll tell you why because it is the perfect mix of um like afkness you know like i can play the game without mm-hmm. having to give it my attention um which is perfect because yep. like i'm at work all day and so it's just like well, like i would normally probably use my phone and get like way more distracted but now it's just like oh i'll just do something and just do this and I, there's one buddy that i have that's like super far ahead in it and so i'm gonna try to get to the end game and do some stuff with him or whatever but um mm. yeah so i did a lot of that cool how, how long did it take you to get results back so i had never actually tested um the nurse so oh you so, didn't okay. no so what happens was um i was actually out hunting i've never been hunting before but i was out kind of in um in the nowhere land uh, saskatoon or saskatchewan rather um, hunting with my family, my cousin and my uncles and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, we got a call from like the Saskatchewan health authority and they're just like, Hey, we know you're out hunting because we talked to, um, like Dana who like we had to call because of contact tracing yada, yada, yada. Um, and they're just like, you have to guys have to come home now. Uh, if you guys are like caught outside your property or whatever, it's a $2,000 fine. And like, uh, you know, you have to, you have to come home and like isolate. Um, and so my cousin and I were just like, holy crap. Like we live with, um, so it's me my cousin and his girlfriend. So we all live together. And so we were all three of us were at this, um, at the, the brew house for lunch or whatever. And so we were all kind of in the same mix. Um, but so it's super like official, like the Saskatchewan health authority, like calls and is just like, Hey, you have to isolate as of this. And, um, the isolation period was from the uh, start of when he, the the server got c- contacted or whatever. So it was it wasn't like the full two weeks. It was so it was like a week and a couple of days or whatever. Um, so that's how like we got notified. The question I think you asked was, um, did we have to get tested? So I was talking to the nurse and uh, I was just like, hey, so like if we just test negative, do we still have to isolate? And she was like, well, because of the incubation time if you test like today and you come back positive or negative tomorrow, you could still test positive like four or five days after. And I was like, Oh, that sucks because, you know, but it also makes sense. I was hoping it was the case that that was it. And it wasn't just some kind of like stupid rule where they're just like, no, you have to wait two weeks regardless. So, uh, we, uh, my cousin and his girlfriend got tested, I think just because they wanted to know. Um, but I was just like, well, I mean, it's like a four hour line to like get into or whatever. And if I, if it doesn't change my circumstances, then like, I don't, I don't need it. So I never ended up getting tested, but, um, just through, I think herd immunity, is that what it's called? I can probably deduct that I was negative also. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they, if they had it, then you would have had it. And if you yeah. did, if they didn't, then you didn't, you live together. That's exactly. Um, yeah. and even though we lived together and we were like all, I, I probably cross contaminated at the point, the person was just like, Hey, and you guys have to isolate like within your house and like, um, if one of you is like using the kitchen text and just make sure that somebody else isn't use not just like, holy, like, and, and as soon as we got home, it was like, never had, like, it just, it was like, Hey, whatever. Like, <laughs> so that was, um, the past like week and a bit, I guess. Um, I, I don't know because of that, because I had to isolate due to, um, somebody else that had my name. I almost just want to get it now because it's kind of like on the ramp up right now. And so if it happens again, that's another two weeks that I have to isolate for, right? It's how many times is that gonna happen 
in the next year or whenever, right? Um, so I think if it happens again, I'm just, just be like, go to some person, be like, okay, spit in my mouth or something. Just give me the virus. Like, let's just get this over with. Right. Although, like, yeah, I guess even if you got it, you'd still like you came into contact with it again you, they'd make you isolate again yeah you'd have to isolate but then you wouldn't ever have to isolate ever again after that right no i think you would if you if like, you... i think they'd still make you isolate even if you'd had it what oh my they don't God. really know be... <laughs> they don't <laughs> really know like, there are ca- there i think there is like at least one official case of someone getting it twice okay i actually heard about that, that there's two kind of things around or whatever but um that that actually makes sense. Okay, that's my re- okay. I will not do that for that reasoning and that reasoning alone because <laughs> uh, I really did not because I like, but... I'm sure it's like a standard. Like they're not going to be like you're not going to be like oh prove to them that you had it. So like they don't want to deal with that bullshit. They're just going to make everyone um, isolate no matter what. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We we just um <laughs> hired a a new lab manager and he's from Turkey, so he had to isolate as well and for him the fine would be i think he said it was like 150 grand or something if he's caught out that's crazy it's nuts <clears throat> what i don't understand... at that point at that point i was like you should just like isolate for a couple extra days just <laughs> <Yeah>. to be sure <laughs> well it's just like yeah like who who tell like they're just like hey and at, at the 12 a.m on this date you are now you're then free and it's just like i mean shouldn't you like at least make sure that i don't have sin like you know it like how does that so anyway but um, the one thing that I don't understand is like the entire process is like completely ass backwards. Um, like, uh, for for example, if like we had to self isolate because we were in contact with somebody who tested positive, makes sense. But uh, we were so it was me and my cousin, and then my other cousin that was hunting, and then like my uncles and stuff like that, right? So, but only the immediate contacts had to isolate. So just me and my one cousin, everybody else with that we shared the room and the hotel and like everything trucks with, they just had to self monitor as normal. But if my cousin or I tested positive, then they would then have to self isolate. Um, and, and that, that cycle never stops. So it's just like, if I test positive, everybody else is screwed. So, so it should really be if, if you're in close contact with somebody who has to self-isolate, you should also self-isolate for those two weeks because by the time somebody tests positive, it's too late. You've already been with your entire other group of people. Right. Right. Yeah, I guess at that point, it's just like too, it's too many people to be forcing to isolate all the time. And I, and I think that's the thing. But at the same time, like, um, it's no wonder it, it's blowing up, right? Like this person tests positive the close people only find out like a week and a half after or whatever, they've already infected all these people, but they're pot like, so it's just like, Oh man, like no wonder it's, it's so bad. Right. Yeah. Well, like just a couple days ago, we had like the record for most cases and they were like, they were saying it's, it's because of Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving wasn't a couple days ago. It's no. been like a week, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but that's, that's how long it takes. It takes a few days and they go, Oh shit, we got so many new cases. But it's not right after. You've always you've already had time to meet with so many people. Yeah, right you, you've already done the damage. Well, like it's just so. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like I'm I'm conflicting. Like obviously, like the coronavirus and stuff is bad, but I'm kind of back to that same mindset of just like, hey, like is it just going to be another flu thing, or like is it actually like I don't know. What is your stance like on that? Like I just don't know what to think in terms of like is it something we should really be isolating and, and doing all this stuff about, or is it, should we like, would it be better if we had just dropped everything about like coronavirus and just, it was just like, okay, everybody's getting the flu sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not afraid of it at all. Like personally getting mm-hmm. it. Um, I guess it's just, it's just because it's, it's a bit worse than the flu. Right. I mean, and it, right. and it seems to, you know screw over old people too which is pretty like it kind of sucks that it just affects one group of people um but yeah i mean at at this point i wonder wonder what the the fallout in terms of like economic damage and mental health damage uh, is gonna i wonder if that's gonna be worse oh i 
I guess it's kind of hard to the, quantify hard economic to, to do, versus yeah. like health, but mental health damage I think is going to be far worse than the, than the virus has. Well, I'm, I, I'm, th I'm sorry. I'm thinking like economic in terms of health too. Like right. when, right. when, when the economy collapses, people suffer. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, so, I mean, you know, if we actually go into a recession or a depression because of this, that's going to cause a lot of health problems. Yeah, um, Both mental and physical health problems that might outweigh the actual benefit of, of isolating. And that being said, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm assuming they, they made some projections in that area and, and made a, you know, made a decision based on something like that well we'd have to hope so hope that's so. pretty much all yeah i hope so can. that like when they first shut down i hope i hope they were like let's see how many people we think this is going to affect and how bad it's going to be for the economy okay it's doable let's do it um but yeah i don't know i can i, I totally understand like why um why certain um governing agencies were like slow to the slow to to do it because it's you know it's it's hard to predict what the best decision is to make oh definitely and it's also not something that happens all the time like you don't normally just have a giant shutdown of oh yeah no it's like first time for anybody's career certainly mm -hmm. um that's and i mean that like not not all of the um epidemiologists epidemiologists and and um virologists and like all the people like they weren't all it wasn't like there was this one straight message coming out at the time um the cdc was i mean they still don't know what they're doing yeah it's very <laughs> true that was the biggest thing i uh found super interesting is like obviously we we talked about like how school doesn't teach much about finances and stuff like that um what usually people come out of that if there was any conversation was just like spend less than you make and make sure you have like an emergency fund um which a lot of people mm -hmm. may have put some savings away and stuff like that but a lot of people i think the majority of the population probably didn't really think too much in terms of like the emergency fund thing where it's like if you lose a job today how long can you live off of the money that you have put away right uh and i think when this happened mm -hmm. that was a huge um notification as to how many people were not prepared economically to all of a sudden not have a job one day right um i think we got yeah it was a wake-up call people people didn't realize how you know how lucky they are to have stability <laughs> yeah and and just like i think a lot of people further got saved like their asses got saved because a lot of businesses had to adapt to like working from home and stuff like that um, which helps probably a significant portion of the population. However, when it comes to those people that literally cannot do their job from home, uh, I can't imagine what that would be like if that was sprung on you and all of a sudden you have to like try to continue living and, and pay your bills because the, the mortgages and the banks and all these other people also have no idea what the hell's going on. So I, I found that really interesting when I like that whole, uh, I, I really hope that that pressures people into becoming more financially literate yeah true or just yeah just being a little more prepared <laughs> yeah prepared like that's um, sort of thing yeah yeah how was your hunting trip like how much how much time did you actually get out there uh so it's pretty um uh there's a word i'm, I'm looking for it's kind of like uh planned or like organized sort of thing so like when i thought of like a fishing trip or whatever right i was like oh sweet we're gonna be up for like five days we're gonna have like a thing and and like you go and and that's it right but for the hunting it was more so just like we're going and if we might stay for like one or two days if we catch if we if we hunt our stuff right away or we might stay until like sunday and if we don't catch it right so it was pretty cool in terms of just like um no we're, we're going and like we need this result and if we get it the first day, then that's the trip's over sort of thing. Right. Um, so when I first heard that, I was like, oh right. man, like I kind of hope that it takes a little bit cause I'd like to, you know, chill and, and have some fun and have a few drinks at night and stuff like that. But, um, the atmosphere is more so just like, no, no, let's just go and get these things because if we don't get it this, uh, like section of like the months or whatever, then we have to go in January and January is going to be like minus 50. So like <laughs> we need to get this like now, um, and so that was like interesting, but it was really cool actually hunting. Um, so in Saskatoon and I'm sure 
largely everywhere in Canada. Um, it's not just like anybody, you can't just like pick up a gun and like go shoot or whatever. Um, even if you had like the licensing to have a gun and all that kind of stuff, you, you, it's not how it works. What happens is if you're a resident of Saskatchewan, um, you can put your name into the uh, draw is what it's called, right? And so because I was with my family, there was like four or five people, probably like seven people in the draw. Plus you kind of have like wives and stuff to enter and, you know, whatever. Um, and so, Five-year-old kid. <laughs> yeah, like anybody who's like barely legible, right? Um, and so we, we got drawn for, I think, two moose, two elk, and maybe there's one other thing um which is like a lot to like have. yeah damn that's awesome yeah um and so my grandpa was actually or my i guess my uncle was kind of like well can we can we like can we give you guys back a tag so that we can so i can because if you get the drawn chances of getting drawn next year are pretty low right because it, it kind of like ranks up like the more that you miss it the higher chances you have um so he's like okay hey, well we don't, we're not gonna need five animals so can i give you this tag back and go back in but they didn't let him so we still have like all those tags um so when we hunting we were looking for an elk and a moose the first day um and so it was really cool because uh elk are like herd animals right and moose are just kind of like singular and dumb they're so dumb animals like it's actually wild um but elk they're pretty fast and like there's there was a window of 15 minutes um at like 6 25 in the morning that like if we missed it uh we would have to like that would be it we, we and if somebody shot they would be gone they run so fast apparently and they don't stop um so the first night the first like so friday um my uncle and my cousin went and they like went to go scout and talk to people and because it's it's all it, there's no like trees and mountains here it's not like you're hiking and hunting right it's literally you go and ask for permission to drive on some dude's farm and you just sit in a heated truck and like drive around trying to look for animals so it's pretty cushy um <laughs> But uh, so they went and scouted and talked to the people and figured out that there was a herd of elk at this like location or whatever. And so the kind of like I get there with my uncle um, that night, Friday night, and we're chatting, we're planning. We're just like, hey, we found a herd of elk. There's a couple other hunters that found it as well. We'd like talk to them. And we set up a plan um, that tomorrow at like 625, we're going to meet here. Then it'll be a 10 minute drive up here. We're going to go. Cause you, you have to like drive there you have to get out without warning them and then you have to walk like 30 minutes to the position to set up to shoot or whatever right and so obviously if you had a tag you had a gun so the only people that had a tag were my uncle and my cousin and my uncle had the elk tag and so 6 30 the next morning came um we all meet up we were a few minutes too late and uh so they went by the time they got to the elk location and we're ready to shoot it was it was too late and if they took the shot and missed um because they're too far away sort of thing and they're super smart so if they see you or like hear something they're gone and so if we had took the shot and missed they'd have been like so far gone it wouldn't be crazy so we made the decision to call off and like come back later that night when they're like returning back to like sleep or whatever um and so we did that and that's when we caught them um and it was like it was such a crazy experience because there was like probably four hunters like in the entire group um and like so there's like shots going off and then um like you have to like go and find the animals after they get like hit or whatever right and so it's like you, and you just drive these big trucks you just like fly up right behind them and so it, it was really cool um the moose like i said were pretty dumb we literally saw one in a field called my cousin over like we just had the trucks running like pretty not like right beside it but like within i don't know 100 yards and just kind of like waited they showed up took the shot <laughs> like there, there was zero like i think it like even looked at us a few times and just like whatever um so that was like less exciting but the elk was pretty pretty crazy so you you got a, a deer or sorry you got an elk and a moose in the same day yeah so so the, the same so, thing did you and yeah apparently that's pretty that's like, actually crazy. really amazing yeah yeah very successful yeah like, definitely um i rarely hear of people like i all i ever hear is people going on hunting trips and not coming back with anything yeah so that's awesome like, like, on your first family, trip yeah one day you get a moose and an elk that's unbelievable well and that's what they're saying there's like this is this, we not this never happened to us either um so it's kind of like i kind of screwed myself for like any future hunting trips because <laughs> like so much action on the first day <laughs> Yeah, well, also, like, um, 
What was I gonna say? Well, if I got one, like if if I got a an elk or a deer, like or an or anything, I just I'd be done for the day. So yeah. like the fact that you kept going and went and got the the moose too. Well, it's sorry. Awesome. Uh, the order of events was we found the moose during the so so we went hunt, elk hunting and or, the sorry morning, moose missed it. Then we got the moose kind of as we were. My uncle and I were literally driving back to the hotel. We're just like, hey, well, we're done. Like, we'll, we'll come back at 5 p.m. to go get this elk. And then we saw the moose. And we're just like, oh, okay, I guess we'll call. And, like, we were, we were calling my cousins. And they're just like, why are you, like, on the way to the hotel? Like, because we are going to go take a nap and not tell them, right? And they're just like, <laughs> oh, we just wanted to go check out other things or whatever. Um, so uh, we, uh, yeah, found it on the way home, which was kind of cool. Um, but so normally what would happen, uh, and one second, I'm just going to fix this cord here. Go for it. Uh, so, so normally what they would do is once they got an animal, they would throw it in the back of a truck and they would take it like straight to a butcher who would deal with everything, right? Um, but in order to like save some money this year, I guess it was decided that we were going to do everything ourselves. So gutting and skinning and all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> so basically it was pretty interesting. We had um, my uncle's truck, which had like a winch that he put on like the cab. And so we like basically tied the rope around the neck or whatever and just like put this piece of plywood as like a ramp and just turn the winch on, just drag this moose like up the <laughs> ramp. And then we had to like gut it and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I'm like on one side holding a leg and like my uncle's on the other side like holding a leg. So the moose is like spread eagle. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start cutting into it and everything starts like falling out and stuff. And that was wild to see. Um it was visceral. It man. was pretty crazy. It, it, it was actually kind of um, so interesting how hollow like bodies are. Like once you like once we got rid of like the one thing, all the guts just basically fall right out, and it's just like there's like nothing in. Like there's so much space in here. You know, it's super weird. Mm. Um, it's also like pretty gross. Like some of the smells. Like my uncle. So there's like I had like three uncles on the trip. That's why I'm saying uncle so many times. Um, but basically yeah, yeah. one of us is holding the leg open on one side. I'm on the other side holding the leg open. And then we got like the one guy who's like in the middle, kind of like awkwardly trying to cut through and like get the guts out and stuff like that. Right. And he's kind of like in a position where he like, can't like move, um, other than like where he's got his hands and he like accidentally pierces like the, uh, gut or something like that. And Bowling or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you just see, it, it was like a, it was a small pierce. So like the inside pressure, like made a whistle. So it was like, and it was cold outside, so you just see like the steaming uh, smoke just go straight oh. into his like mouth, and just like <laughs> he's got no choice but to just breathe it in, like for the few seconds that he's there, right? And everybody Deep else breath. around him is just laughing his ass off. So, oh, it was. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> it was just like this thing got pierced. Everybody saw it, and then you slowly saw like the, the smoke hit his face because of how cold it was and it just boom and <laughs> 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 yeah he was pretty upset <laughs> but uh, yeah so, uh, for for your tags i i'm i'm assuming they were for bucks only or uh so they only for males yeah so like you have a tag for like either sex or sort of thing um ours was um antlerless which i believe is like the female one right a female, oh, interesting. a female moose, and then I think also a female elk is what we had tags for. Um, okay, so you didn't, you did the the moose and the and the elk didn't have antlers. That that's correct. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes, that that is correct. Um, which which actually I wasn't like you can't uh, the people that didn't have the guns and were actively hunting the elk uh, couldn't go with the people that shot them because of you know too much noise and all that stuff. Um, but I can only imagine how much more difficult that is to be. A couple hundred yards out shooting at a herd of elk and you have to pick like a specific one and it's getting dark out like once 6 30 hits or whatever um or i think it was like 5 56 is when the sun sets and that's when hunting stops like you're not allowed to shoot after that and you can only go within that 10 minute time frame because it, because of how they herd and stuff like that right um and so it was like i couldn't imagine taking that shot picking like the female out and then if you hit, like, if you hit something else, you have to, like, call a CO and, like, get them to come over and make sure that there was no, like, poaching going on, right? So it's pretty serious right. business. Um, and, like, I didn't have to take any shots, so I was just kind of there to skin them and, and gut them. Observe. Yeah. You're just there for the experience. Um, 
uh when when they were shot like so you have to track them down or you have to find them um were they like were they dead on arrival like when when you got to them or did do you have to like shoot them again when you get there um there was one or two like that you put out of the misery sort of thing right yeah yeah um and then <laughs> so I just remember this funny story i'll have to tell you after um and then uh cutting. oh i think we're both cutting out there we go i got you back man. video perfect okay cool um sorry there's there's a funny story i remember but i'll have to tell you that after uh <laughs> so um the yeah so there's one there's so basically they're all pretty much dead except for the fact that like one was kind of alive because of where he hit it and so he just shot it in the forehead and took it out or whatever um, yeah, yeah but it's really weird because kind of like how a snake is still like active after it's dead like so are like all the muscle fibers and stuff like that in like moose and and elk and stuff like that and so like you would like start picking one up and then all of a sudden they could just like twitch and you just be like what the f so it was um it was definitely pretty interesting uh to see that but for the most part yeah they they were dead and then they because you try to hit them like in the heart sort of thing obviously a headshot would be perfect but it's such a smaller target so once you hit them in the heart you're pretty much um down with one thing so right but, uh, yeah and i know it's like with when i um extract brains from rats like when you're extracting a brain even at, like well after they're dead um i'll be taking it out and i'll i have to like scoop it out and kind of cut some mm -hmm. like fibers and when you touch those nerve fibers there's all sorts of twitching that happens in, yeah, in the bet. skull. It freaks. The first time it happened, I freaked out. I was like, oh, my God, he's alive. <laughs> um, but it's it's actually just that you're you're poking at the brain, and it's still got some, you know, some, some nerve uh, endings concentration gradient of uh, ions in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was uh, pretty wild. The, when we went for the elk like that night, um, like I said, there was a couple groups of hunters. So there was my uncle that was shooting. Uh, and then two other guys that were shooting as well. So there's a total of three elk that um, we were kind of helping with or whatever. Um, my uncle had like the best shot by far, like one kind of into the heart area and it was done. There's no suffering. It was just kind of dead. But the other mm -hmm. two, like they basically shot everything except for like the heart. Like uh, we walked up to this one and like the leg was like completely blown off and just like it was pretty uh, like just oh my god it was like a war scene um so that was that was definitely interesting um seeing some of that you, you get to see you get to see like the amount of damage a bullet does or like the what a gun does to something like one of those oh, yeah. powerful hunting guns and it, it, it just airs it further uh explained that because when you when we were scanning it you obviously see the bullet holes and stuff like that right but when you take the fur off um, some of those holes were like like this big like by the time it got stretched out and like it basically and, and sorry if those I can't see for the one person listening is like two, <laughs> two or three inches um, what, and yeah. uh, so, so it was like super uh, devastating because that like kind of ruined some of the meat and stuff like that obviously right so it's it's kind of like oh man you have to take it pretty seriously when you're trying to shoot you do not want to take a shot if it's going to be crappy right um, obviously mistakes happen you're not trying to ever but mm -hmm. so um, where where is the best place to shoot? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, I think the head is pretty good if you can take their, like, brain out. It like there's really nothing mm -hmm. on the mm -hmm. head that you eat, right? So that's really good for food. Right. Um, it probably puts them out of their misery right away. Um, but it's just that it's so hard to, like, hit. And if you miss, there's a chance that it hits something else or just like, oh, you there? Yep, I'm yep, I'm still sorry. here. You're just glitching out. Uh, chance that I hit something else, or you like you just miss and you freak the herd out, and then all of a sudden, you know, that's gone to waste. So most people go for like kind of like the heart chest area, um, because it will pretty much kill them, like once their heart stops, which is pretty quick. Um, it leaves like the least amount of like damage to like the meat and stuff like that. Um, and if it for whatever reason does not die right away, like it will because it can't go very far. Um, Whereas if you like shoot in the ass or something like that, like it's a good right, piece of yeah, yeah. meat to eat and like also yeah, you're, you're ruining gonna, a lot of meat. Yeah, and it's just going to be in pain, right? Like it's not probably not going to kill it right away. Um, mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of like the goal, I think, is head, heart, um, chest area. Like, but uh, you'd have to be pretty confident to hit hit that. Um, right. So 
I guess like even if you're even if you're just close to the heart, like the amount of shock, the amount of like energy that is dissipated by one of those bullets, as long as you hit like a solid part of their chest area, you're probably gonna kill them. Well, and it's actually not like elk are almost notorious for um, like not dying right away. Like you pretty mm, much have to shoot everything in order to get it to die essentially. Um, and so for my uncle to take like one shot, hit it in the heart, and then it died like within a few feet away from where he shot it from was actually everybody was talking to me like holy that was like a good chance like there's like usually that never happens right um mm. so it was pretty cool that uh we like that that was the outcome um so so that was interesting but um the moose mm. moose are pretty dumb <laughs> my, my cousin was telling me yeah. that one time <laughs> they shot a moose they were skinning it like in the field and then another moose just came, came over across their path and just like saw them and then just like <laughs> stayed and ate grass for a little bit and then walked away. I was like, holy. Dude, I, okay, so um, when I was a kid uh, living in Winfield, so like yep. before we knew each other, um, we used to have raccoons come to our place all the time and eat our, our dog's food. Yep. And, and uh, the raccoons were like pretty vicious towards our dog too, so like my dad would shoot them. Yep. Um, and I like raccoons are just dumb as all hell. Well, okay, <laughs> I feel like they're they're actually pretty smart. I know they are quite smart, but in terms of like social intelligence, they must be pretty dumb. Because um, after you'd shoot one, it would be dead, lying like like bleeding on the ground <laughs> right in front of the dog food. And like five minutes later, um their friends would come back and like crawl over their friend's dead body <laughs> and keep eating. Oh my God. They're like, how do you guys not get this? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was wild. just wild. That's like gophers um, too, man. You can shoot like a thousand gophers and like the next day there's going to be another one just there. Right. Yeah. I feel like the, with gophers, they're, they're actually just hydra. You just cut, <laughs> yeah. you cut off one head and, two more grow back or they reproduce faster than you can kill them yeah like ants or worms or something yeah 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 i remember we used to shoot them at, at ty's place yeah and you could shoot a gopher every day it was infinite every half an hour they're like they're pests so they they were they would f up all the all the vineyards lawns. around oh, there oh yeah too. definitely that was all wine country but then you got the one dude's yard where the gophers are. Just a shitload of dead gophers in it. <laughs> so... Yeah, true. I guess, I guess we never actually like talked to the guy. Like, hey, by the way, we've been shooting all your gophers, so there's like a hundred dead gophers in your front yard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's probably he's probably trying to figure out because we were using pelicans too, so yeah. they don't make any noise. No, and there's two. Probably trying to figure out like what's been happening to all of these gophers. <laughs> yeah. He's just like going crazy, like thinking something. He's, he's like, done I'm something a. Wrong. <laughs> he's like, I'm a professional gopher breeder, and all of my gophers keep, yeah. keep falling. <laughs> oh no, we swear, we thought we were, we thought they were wild. <laughs> yeah, wild gophers. They have collars. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. collars, tags, like all this stuff, names. <laughs> oh, that's a good thing. That probably wasn't true, though. <laughs> oh yeah, no, definitely not. They were definitely wild, like. I'm sure they there was poison out in the field for them and stuff <laughs> yeah. anyway, so we probably were giving them a much faster death than... Oh, probably. Was... Um, something interesting, I guess, that's kind of big in Saskatoon is racing pigeons. Um, like really? Like, my cousin's uh, dad's house or whatever, the neighbor has, like, 30 pigeons that, like, just... they They don't live in a coop or anything. They just are totally free to fly wherever they want but they just live at his house and he like races them and he was telling us that um when he bought them it was like in manitoba so he drove there bought them and then drove back and like somehow they just followed him like in the air like cool super like interesting um and yeah, oh, like hold on, hold on. Sorry, yeah. we kind of passed. We passed an important detail, which is you. You said Manitoba. Does that? Oh. Is that evidence? Is that evidence that Manitoba actually exists? I, I guess that that might be. Um, mm. Or at least, 
Well, I don't know. Something right. Are you, I mean, your story, you know, too, your story has lost a little credibility. But yeah. but continue. Oh, well, it's not mine. It's what I was told. All I know <laughs> is there's some dude that has a shitload of birds on his house. I was told that he raises <laughs> pigeons, but maybe he also created Manitoba. Like, he's just, that's the magical land where pigeons follow you in, in a heart. It's part of the conspiracy, man. Yeah, exactly. Deep, deep state. Look into it. <laughs> um, no, that's actually wild, though. I, I, I've heard of that before as being like a pretty big thing is pigeon racing, but I've never met anyone or, or really care to meet anyone that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> part of that. Like why, why? I guess, I, like where do they race? Like how far do they race? I, I have no like idea. A, I don't know much about it. Is it like a big, okay. I think, I think it's like a big amount of space. Like I don't think it's like a really fast thing. I think it's like, probably... like is it between provinces or is it like, re, like between like, like is it like a hundred meter like flap? I don't think. Or is it? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I would imagine like that it's like kind of like a mi- like a miling system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. But I don't know. My cousin and I were just like, man, maybe we should just become like professional pigeon betters and just like go, like instead of going to horse races, we go to pigeon races. You know. <laughs> well, that's always something that I find really interesting. It's like you always hear about kids growing up and being like, oh, I want to play like the NHL. I want to do this sport. I want to do that or whatever. But it's just like some dude out there was like. No man, I'm I'm gonna become the best pigeon racer in Canada, and and it's just like <laughs> how I'm gonna be the best. <laughs> yeah, I will settle for nothing but number one pigeon racer in all of which, Western which maybe Canada. the criteria was a lot smaller. <laughs> so maybe that was what fed his. Like if there's only two pigeon racers, all you have to do is beat out one, or maybe he's the only pigeon racer, so he just yeah, got I mean... to make his own. He just he just races his own pigeons for, with each other. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And then he makes like these little, little pigeon trophies for them. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, definitely interesting. Um, yeah, that's dumb. No, okay, maybe he had like pi- like pigeons as pets growing up, and then just got into it. I don't it's know. Crazy how smart. I, I like. Are. Okay, here I could see. I could see like falconry. That would yeah. be super dope. Because you get to have like a falcon and maybe pigeons, it's kind of like that, but you don't have to worry about them like gouging your eyes out all the <laughs> yeah. time. Well, yeah, but they, probably easier, probably like have... entry level falconry is with pigeons. But then you just have a shitload of birds. <laughs> like, yeah, falcon, true. you got like one. How many two. pigeons? Huh? How many did you say he had? Thirty, I think. Thirty pigeons. Yeah, Twenty-six or thirty. Does he have like one big aviary, or does he have them all individually? No, like I said, it, like... it doesn't have anything. It's like they just. Sleep oh right, on the yeah. They just they just go like, there. I think he has like a cage that is like an open thing that they maybe can go and sleep in if they want to. But like no, they sometimes just fly around the neighborhood and stuff like that. Like, um, so I was, I asked my uncle, does he like, recognize them? Uh, I I don't know. I never talked to him, but I was talking to my uncle, and I was oh, just okay. like, does that like this, does that mean you just have a copious amounts of, like pigeon shit just like everywhere? And I guess he said like no, they're pretty clean. So I don't I don't know how smart they are, but that's it's wild. I wonder if he like if he sees like a a wild pigeon and he talks to it and is like, Hey you <laughs> like he if he's if he, if he like thinks wild pigeons are his pigeons or like if he gets mixed up every once in a while. You just think he's crazy. <laughs> you know? Or if he's in if he's in New York and he's just talking to pigeons all the time. Yeah, that would be that would be uh like, I wonder how I wonder how it's probably every time he sees a pigeon he's probably like, I wonder how fast that pigeon is. <laughs> yeah. Wonder if that, wonder, wonder if my pigeon could beat that pigeon. Yeah, or like, oh, that that's like a <laughs> slower version of the pigeon because my pigeons are like crossbred, like to efficiency or some shit like that. Yeah, he's walking down the streets of New York, just like chuckling to himself. He's like, "Well, there's nothing compared to my pigeon. That's just <laughs> yeah. a wild, like New York pigeon." Wonder, wonder if he's like a favorite. A measly. Pigeon. He like sl- like lets pigeon. and stuff. Like one pigeon out of the thirty that can like come into his house and shit. Pigeon favoritism. Yeah, he's got like a favorite. Yeah, he's got a favorite pigeon. Eats it. I don't know what pigeons eat, but gives it extra sardines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, wild. Have you? You're not a big fight fan, are you? Not really. No, I I realized that there was like a big thing. Yeah, it was with a the huge blonde uh... Afro guy. <laughs> sort of. What's his name? His name is Habib. Um, Habib Nurmagomedov. He's retired or something. Uh, sort of. Yeah, like so. He's he's from Dagestan, like Russia. Um, so I guess like the headpiece like wasn't actually his hair. It's just like a 
hat that he wore. Um, oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. it wasn't like a giant afro. I wish it was. <laughs> I don't even know that. No. I, but uh, I was just like, man, this guy's got crazy hair. <laughs> no, I wish. That would be so much better. Um, but basically, his dad was like his coach for like ever, right? Um, and then his dad passed away. Uh, and this was the only first and only fight without his dad. And so at the end, he's like, okay, well, I, I promised my mom that like at the end of this, this will be my last one because I'm not going to fight without my dad. And he's like, like crazy, like religious, um, like, like not like crazy, but just like he takes it super seriously. Um, and so mm -hmm. he fought Conor McGregor, who's like another big fighter out of like Ireland. You probably know him. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. and Connor was like shit talking like his religion and family when they were supposed to fight like in the in the leading up to it try to build a hype around it um, but Khabib like took that all super personally because like it was like an attack like on his religion and stuff like that so like after he murdered McGregor like in the ring he like jumped the fence and like started going after like all of like Khabib or all of Connor's like staff members basically because it's just like no like <laughs> like like and when when he was choking him out um he like had the ref had to like pull him off because like he like legitimately was going to like kill the guy basically Damn. so it was like super um like that's how serious he takes it and so when he retires a lot of people are just like oh well like a lot of fighters say they're gonna retire and then like the next couple of years like you see them come back or whatever but he was like like no i talked to my mom and she doesn't want me to do this anymore and so i will stop like forever basically and i was like damn that sucks because wow he was basically probably the best of that sport that we've ever seen like so far right so dominant in every position uh he only ever lost like one round like in like like each fight has three rounds right so not only has he never lost a right. fight but he never even lost a round to like uh, one person or whatever Damn. so he's so dominant and to see him just kind of like retires it's like oh no like so so that was like super <laughs> unfortunate but I was doing a lot of like reading and stuff like into like Dagestan and stuff like that. And like, apparently they have just the most dominant wrestlers in the world. Like, like kids, like instead of like here, you get like a soccer ball or something for Christmas or whatever. They like just fought each other constantly. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> your Christmas present is a fight. <laughs> yeah, like they would just, what, um, what, what is his religion? Oh man. I think it's like, um, let me look here. Like Islam. Honestly, the uh, entire Russian continent kind of confuses me in terms of like what the hell the yeah, of everybody is. Um, <laughs> let me see here. Is the first Muslim, Muslim or Avar? Okay. Avar. But I, which I think is like a, a is sub like a certain thing or type, certain type of Islam. I think I, I don't know. I'm, I might just be murdering all of this, but um this quick rush uh, article on <laughs> wikipedia says he is muslim um okay so yeah i, I was just kind of like looking into all that and i was just like man like how how does somebody like just have a community of just like super insane people that you just can't beat like you see it in ufc whatever people like will come and go and get whoop ass they whoop ass for like a little bit and they win but like to see somebody for like 10 years just like murder dominating and and yeah. not only just him but like all the people that train with him are fighting in the ufc now too they're getting contracts and they're also just whooping ass so it's kind of like when like the mm -hmm. asian like the japan and, and korea like the gamers like like it's just like how, you, you just can't compete like it's just so so dominant it's just so wild yeah uh, yeah that's really cool i love when that's when stuff like that happens when you have like a little region like that it is just really really good at something yeah, there's a hundred um, people in his community. And it's interesting to try and, and to try to figure out what it is. Like what what is it about this little pocket of people that makes them so much better? Um and with like uh you know, canyons and running and Yeah. Um Americans and eating fast uh, food. Amer <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, I don't know. There's just there's certain pockets of people with certain backgrounds that are just way better. No, I, it's really interesting to try to figure out. I love what it exactly is. I uh, I read this book called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Hmm. Really good book. It kind of talks about that. Um, it talks about just how, you know, is there a particular year and uh, and region and background that makes for the best, you know, lawyer or and so right. like he he found he's like why is it that um, 
the best lawyers you can get in in New York are always they're like Jewish lawyers mm. this a born b- between this year and this year. Why is that? Any any like tries to figure it out and that's really cool. It's really interesting. Yeah, that's really, a, really that's the kind of stuff I liked. Like that's what I like when I went on this deep dive. I was just like, yeah, hey, I want to know everything about Khabib. And like the village that he grew up in is like in Dagestan, but it's not like part of the city. There's like a hundred people population of his village, right? So it's tiny. And she's like, how? And, and it's like kind of third worldy, right? And it's like, how does this? Mm-hmm. How, like what I want to know what his path like I would love to see a documentary or like how did he become the biggest thing in the world like in this event or whatever from literally absolutely nobody like poor like everybody just beating the shit out of each other constantly like how does that happen right like that I find that yeah. fascinating yeah or what's that um What's that? Oh, I don't know what it's called, but that uh, sport where it's volleyball, but you you can only use your feet. Oh, I, I don't know what it's called. Like across fucking volleyball, and there's only like there's this one like little town in I don't know where it is, <laughs> Thailand or, or some shit, or yeah. Malaysia or some shit, and they're like they're the only people that can really play it properly. Like they're the <laughs> yeah. best in the world, and no one even comes close because no one can do it. It's the same thing. It's just like you have a you have a group of people that just works really fucking hard. Well, and then um, um, you kind of just build on each other. So if you have an entire community that just like really supports that, um, I think you can build each other up. And, and there's also something about that like fundamentalist religion aspect that can drive you like nothing else. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, if you're like super, I can see that. Like where you know, I mean, with Conor McGregor, if like he insults this guy's like, most fundamental beliefs. Yeah, and he, like you have he could have the most powerful drive well and it's like like everybody shit talks but in america it's it's like okay like you shit talk you say like i'm gonna kill your entire family da, 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 and at the end of the fight like you shake hands or whatever right whereas this guy yeah shit talks and he's just like oh you want to kill my, okay i'm gonna i'm gonna actually kill you <laughs> like that's he's like no i <laughs> yeah. and in the fight mcgregor and him are like kind of talking and and uh mcgregor's like it's just business and then he's just like talk now and just like feeding him punches it's like you want to talk now like just absolutely murdering him um and and that fight was like before like that that was not the fight that just happened or whatever right so the so like to, to for him to whoop his ass and then whoop like two other people and then fight this guy who everybody thought was like oh he's a division one wrestler um he's probably going to be mm-hmm. the person he's going to be the answer uh he got tooled too like it's just like holy crap like it's just so but i, I also found interesting too like uh, as where I'm born, like Canadian or whatever, uh, UFC is like the kind of like the NHL to me is like the end goal for that's like, oh, that's the best in the world, right? Um, but when it comes to like wrestling and stuff like that, which is a little bit smaller or whatever, um, where it's not as like defined, I guess, like he, uh, Division One wrestling is kind of like as high as you can go, like in college or whatever, right? So any D1 wrestler is like really good. They know their shit. They're the best of the best. But um, where Khabib was growing up, like they didn't they didn't care about any of that right like they didn't have nobody ever really thought to come over here and compete because there's no money in it until the ufc starts paying more and more and now all of a sudden you have these fighters who are just like oh you're d1 okay well that's actually like a level two versus like my level 80 you know like the right but you're only finding this out now because now it's only the first time worth it for us to come over and like do this right um and like right. the, the same thing is true for like uh, wrestling in the Olympics for them too. They just don't care. Like they, there's like, okay, well, we can't compete or whatever because of the ties or whatever. So it's like, okay, well, we just don't compete in that event. And it's just like, oh, well, what you thought of the Olympics is like the entire world is actually not even including the best people, right? Like it's they have events there where the yeah. Olympics are nothing. Like people would go there to train with them and their Olympian wrestlers, and they, it's like, okay, well, we can't train with you because you're too too not good you know like it's like holy crap like <laughs> it's a whole level above yeah you realize you realize the only people that have access to the the top competitions are the people that have money and funding to actually do that yeah travel and actually you know um yeah the same is true of like um like bodybuilding in certain countries mm-hmm. and and uh running like yeah i guess like you could imagine if the nhl was only canada and you had years and years of history of canadians 
um, playing against each other. Hockey is actually a pretty bad bad mm-hmm. point because it is Canada generally <laughs> is the best, but um, <laughs> but uh, if all of a sudden it became international, and so everybody can play. Yeah, you had like all all of a sudden like all the Swedish and yeah, like where do those people stand? And, you know, and join. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're just opening the playing field mm-hmm. and massively. It's, it's interesting because Canada does have like the it does have like a Canadian hockey league or whatever, but it's like I, like the people that play the Canadian hockey league they're good, but they're not like that's like you're the best of the best. But where is that? You know, like which is really cool yeah. when I find that the uh, like in the Olympics or whatever we do have that hockey where it's just like okay, Team Canada. It's like only players of Canadian descent can play in this. And like it's like holy shit! Like you you realize that like some of the best people that we're bringing over to play in our continent are like people that aren't born here, right? It's just like holy! Like I just find it super cool because you're seeing a lot more of those. Like it used to be like Americans and Canadians and people that you would know, but and UFC there's like maybe one like a very small amount of Russian people or whatever, right? But now it's just like it's becoming more and more available. So it's just like okay, we'll just bring over a shitload of anybody who wants to come. It's just like oh man, like now we've introduced this like region of people who are just way better than us it's just like shit like yeah well also i mean humans because we adapt to our surroundings there's all sorts of like geological advantages certain people have so if all of a sudden you're taking people from like the the mountains of peru and like sherpas sherpas or something (laughs) like like sherpas are crazy they have they have like different chemistry they have like a more uh, i don't know if it's more i think it's more um uh neanderthal dna mm. and like like they actually have like specific more like different genes even um that allow them to to uh climb mount everest without oxygen like no problem yeah that's wild like w- like they're they're on a whole nother level imagine if all of a sudden there was like some sherpas like competing in certain yeah <laughs> certain it's just things. like oh let's just let's just take one dude who's never fought and let's just put him in the ring and see what the fuck's gonna happen right like maybe he just <laughs> dominates and just like oh okay like dragon ball z basically right like you get somebody who's like literally magic and you're just like i i, I don't know like <laughs> yeah or, or even like maybe they're not even better they just do something that you've never seen before mm-hmm. and don't know how to handle yeah and i that's... feel like mma is probably that right where like all of a sudden you have a style that you've been training against a particular type of fighter your whole career and then you meet some random dude from who knows where him in a cave and he, you know he walks on his hands and you just don't even know <laughs> yeah. you don't even know how to you know you're like where am i supposed to kick this guy you know like yeah. i feel like you can run into something like that where... well well actually um in in jiu-jitsu uh which is like what i do or whatever um mm-hmm. there's a guy who trains um and he has one arm and it like the people he fight are normal people but like some of them have so much trouble because they don't know like how to they don't know with... where to grab them <laughs> yeah. and right? like because isn't, isn't like this is a lot of grappling right so like it is grappling yeah it's basically wrestling yeah um and so it's just so like... like where yeah if maybe your go-to maybe your go-to move is throwing someone over like with their right arm yeah. and the guy doesn't even have one so. <laughs> exactly you just yeah. eliminated and, yeah, that's, and, and that's so true because um usually in in any sport you have a good side and a bad side right in in baseball and stuff like that or hockey you can play with only one and be good with it right um but in like martial arts and stuff like that when you're constantly switching you try to be good at both but you're gonna have your better side um and so a, a tactic like some of the meta is just training the left side because 80 percent people you fight are going to be really good on the right side which means they're going to be really good defending that way but if you mm-hmm. are really good at the, at the left way well, their chances are they've done less reps on that, right? They still know the move. They still know how to do it. But if you just get really good at that left side, um, then chances are you'll probably do a lot better because they will not have practiced that as much, right? And so this guy who's got like one arm, if it was his left arm, so that means he's going to be amazing as a left-handed grappler who everybody has trained a lot on just the one area. So it's just like, man, like, you're trying to go for an arm bar and an arm that doesn't exist. So it's just like, how, <laughs> like, what does that, you know? Um, but it's, well, he's just like extra good at kicking because he's yeah exactly <laughs> missing an arm. And so his whole style yeah. is gonna be yeah his whole style is gonna be a little bit augmented. Everything's gonna be a little different, and it's even as like his center of balance is gonna be a little yeah. different. Like and just uh, like there's a blind grappler who's really good because he like can just feel everything basically. Like and so it's just like 
he and he doesn't even compete in, like the special olympics or whatever. he just competes in normal and like they start standing up six feet away and so he's like yeah i have to admit like i have some somewhat of a disadvantage when it, when it starts but um, the first punch is is always yeah. bad for him well, but there's no punching, after that but, um, he recovered yeah, yeah. oh right sorry Grandpa. exactly yeah. he's just kind of like well he, he just basically has to wait for the first day unless he's just gonna walk forward and like, <laughs> like like see if i was fighting him i'd probably just like move out of the way and hope he goes out of bounds and just takes some penalty points or whatever right like um yeah just try to like run in circles and get him dizzy yeah maybe he doesn't get dizzy i don't know like i mean i don't know how that works right you there i lost you oh just lost you yep there you go back now sort of maybe hello oh there we go okay we're back got you back okay yeah, sorry. I'm um, not sure if that's me or you. Uh, probably me. I don't know. I don't have like the best internet here. I thought I would, but um, I haven't really upgraded it to business or anything yet. Um, right. Yeah. So it, it was cool. Is like it's like um, from gaming and stuff like that. It, I don't know if it originates from there, but it's like the whole idea of like meta, right? Like the meta in jujitsu for the longest time was like um, top pressure. So like you'd get on top and like you would just crush them, right? And then somebody came along who basically just did leg locks um, and like, so everybody's worried about like your torso and like your arms and stuff. And then you got some dude who just like sits down, like breaks your knees. <laughs> it's just like, oh shit. Like now I have to know, like, and then everybody starts catching on. It's like, oh, that works because nobody knows how to defend it. So that meta just kind of evolves. And all of a sudden it's just like leg locks are like the thing that works right now. Right. And so it, it would be super cool to see like how that differs between um, cultures, I guess, right? Like what maybe they practice a certain thing that um, I don't know, other people don't or whatever, right? Like, mm -hmm. like that caveman thing, some dude walks on his hands. He's just like, man. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, yeah, have you ever I read guess the book Born to Run. I've heard of it. Yeah, really about the it was like a people. tribe in Mexico yeah. that they literally yeah. just run like like. At first, when I first started reading it, I thought it was completely bullshit. Um, but then the more that I read into like Wim Hof and just like other people that are like super extraordinary, it's like, damn, maybe there is like some sort of shit that like, like, it's not like magic, obviously, but it's like, holy crap, like you, like that is a thing. Yeah, I think, I think actually, well, okay. So one of it, one, like the, the major part is that they're just running all the fucking time and, and that's just their, that's just their their norm right yeah. that's just what their body is used to is running but i think it's actually less to do with their shoe like i know the sh like the shoe is a big part of that book right is, is oh, that you're supposed uh, to be running on your toes and maybe i don't and... know <laughs> i didn't finish it <laughs> oh okay i know like like one of the kind of central theses of that book is that that the the um shoe companies have changed the way we run so that we run on our heels hmm. um and that that's one of the main reasons that people get injuries and stuff so anyway that's one of the reasons i i tend to run on my my toes actually when i run um which is because that's how you would run if you don't have shoes on right if you don't have right. shoes by running outside you run on your toes yeah definitely so you put on some shoes and all of a sudden you're running on your heels and uh that's not really like the best it's clearly not what we're designed for mm -hmm. um but i think the like one of the main components that makes them so good at running is actually the the beer that they drink they have this like super low alcohol super super high carb beer that they drink so just, and it's an i think it's just a really i think it's yeah it's like a simple carb that gives them massive massive amounts of calories um so they just and it and because it's like a drink they can just drink copious amounts of it yeah no doubt. i think that's actually like their main secret is that they can just like because because they when they did the calculations they were like they're burning like twenty thousand calories a day how are they doing this <laughs> And they realize that they have beer. this drink. They have this drink that they're all drinking. <laughs> that's this super high carb, high calorie drink. That's, that's just like the amazing. most efficient. Yeah, exactly. I think that that was a big part of it too. Like they got that a bunch of good sense. things going for them. And and actually, like I think um, again with these, you know, all of a sudden people are coming out of the woodworks where you don't need. Yeah be super rich be beaten in these conditions but uh i think a couple ultra marathons have been i'm not sure if they've been won but like had placing like people placing um from that tribe right 
And I think that's and they're like, and they're running and they're running it in those fucking sandals yeah. that they make from like they make from like old car tires. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And every you know you got these you got these people that are like the they're um had so much time and energy and science that's gone into their like a f- maximum efficiency. Yeah. Like they have all these regime, regimes and things that they're eating before and timing and and doing like um like pressure training and and like uh, where they sleep in like hyperbaric chambers and they have these special shoes and then you go there and there's (laughs) some like (laughs) some just like native looking guy in his in his in his sandals (laughs) and beats you (laughs) could you imagine long shot like yeah it just crushes you and he just like that's all he's ever done (laughs) ever since he was a child yeah exactly and they just they just get it right no yeah that's it's i i love that like when i hear about i'm just like man i need to know more about you and I, that's my favorite thing about probably like wikipedia and stuff so like, you can just go into those rabbit holes yeah totally yeah wikipedia is um, awesome man i gotta i gotta wrap up pretty quick here but uh are you yeah, uh, sounds good. are you back uh in town for christmas at all i don't think so oh you want to panama um, not yeah, anymore because yeah, yeah, covid man <laughs> i can't leave the country <laughs> <laughs> that was the plan. Yeah, right. Um, so I, I'll, yeah, I need to like look at tickets and see that that's a possibility. But ah, damn, it's we'll too see. bad you're, because uh, I'm gonna drive home, which is only like twelve hours or whatever, which is probably gonna be like fifteen. Oh. Um, but I was like, shit, like right. if you were not twenty five hours away, it would be sweet if we could like carpool or something like that together, just like spend a couple days or whatever. But well, I'll check what the what the tickets are to there. It's probably gonna be the same or more, but yeah, I'll check it. <laughs> I'd be I'd be down a road trip with you. That'd be awesome. Uh, my plan is to like um, drive from here to Calgary because I don't want to do the whole drive one day. So I think drive from here to Calgary, stay for like a night, yeah, and yeah. Then drive to Cologne or whatever. Um, like Ontario to Saskatoon because um, that'd be pretty cool. Um, Four hundred bucks round trip. Toronto to Saskatoon. Wait, yeah. really? Or Ontario to Saskatoon? Wait, right now or or in uh, December third? I guess I would be. I guess I'd have to tell you when I'm leaving and stuff. Um, I don't really know for sure. So yeah, let's say like, like December like, tenth or something. What's that? Yeah, okay. What? Oh, would December tenth, uh, from Toronto Airport to Saskatoon. Ooh, and then home on. Is it like, like a thousand? Oh, no, 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 sorry. <laughs> uh, home on when? I was thinking like. Um, oh, all right. I see. January, um, something. Like I was gonna stay for a while. Like, do you have to be back in school by? Oh, okay. Hold on. How about um after the sixteenth? <laughs> like January. So yeah. So sorry. So no, no. Sorry, sorry. But for to leave, let's say like leaving on the seventeenth of just December. Oh, okay. Uh, leaving on the seventeenth, coming back when? Uh, I don't know. January. Oh, okay. I'll just put something um, like this. Um, and I'll put. 17th to the 9th. Uh, yeah, $476 round trip, $600 round trip. Um, well, wait. Yeah, except that I'd probably fly there and then I'd oh, fl- yeah. fly back from, from BC. But or so, that, that but still, too. still, it's just like, it's still reasonable though, just in terms of. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, we can. Talk about it. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe like December 17th would work, but um, I was thinking, yeah, probably 17th to like the seventh uh, or something. I don't know if that works. Well, it wouldn't. It wouldn't matter for coming back, um, just because oh, I probably would wouldn't drive go, with you right, back. Yeah, yeah, fair I'd enough. just fly back right, from right, right. BC. So just, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, pending you don't bring a shitload of luggage or whatever. Oh wait, no, you're flying here anyway, so you wouldn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that would be sweet. Um, so that's what yeah. I'm thinking. Uh, maybe mark okay. the 17th of December down in in uh, in your mind. Um, yeah, sure. Um, would Would you be opposed to Catherine uh, joining? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Um, I would just need to make sure there's enough room in the car. Right. There she can go to the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, Strap her to the top. She'll be my, fine. Uh, my big computer. Not that cold, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> In Alberta in the middle of December? Yeah. It's fine. Cool. All right, sweet. So uh, um, 
I we were still recording. Yeah. I don't know if, if I should have stopped that a while back, but whatever. That's all right. Whatever. Um, you can edit it if you want or not. Cool. People right. can know our travel plans. Yeah, exactly. Um, random, random uh, American listeners. <laughs> yeah. Anything you want to uh, close. Good luck with? getting into Canada to stop us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, actually, that's one thing that. Uh, just real quick, I don't want to get into another tangent, but something that really messed up the hunting, like the reason there's so many more animals we can shoot for now is because the Americans would come to Saskatoon for um, the really good hunting here, but because they can't, it literally disrupts oh. like, the population of like animals and stuff right. like that. Um, that's crazy. So that's one thing that's like a crazy change. That's a good way to leave off sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. So that's something to think about. <laughs> Fuck you, Cole. Sorry, did, did you end it already? <laughs> no, not yet. Oh, okay. So, okay. Should I? <laughs> yes. Right, this all. is the that's end all. starting right. now. Bye. <laughs>